Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is October 5th, 2023. It is Thursday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Morgan's Crows. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is The scariest monsters are the ones that lurk within our souls by Edgar Allan Poe. So we are drinking a basic witch. This is a play off of the PSL, the Pumpkin Spice Latte. It has cinnamon, ginger, cloves, black tea, cardamom. Wonderful, delicious. It's really great for abundance magic, prosperity. Great way if you're doing just a cup in the morning. You can use an opportunity to bring in a little prosperity into your life. All right, moving into some headlines. This is a creepy cryptid that we saved from last year to share with you today. So this is from a littlebithuman.com and it is called the Not Deer, the Creepy Cryptid of the Appalachians. So there are a lot of cryptids out there, some of them with better names than others. Some names give us a pretty good sense of what they are or who they are. So for instance, you have the lizard man of swamp or swamp, which is a half man, half lizard cryptid from South Carolina. Then you have Bigfoot, which a little less clear, but you know, he does have a big foot. So, you know, there you go. But then there's some names that tell you nothing. And this is one of those. This beast is called the not deer. All you know is that it's not a deer. But what is it? So the not deer has become a hot topic of speculation recently, particularly on social media such as TikTok, and usually because of the name, the not deer. The name not deer implies only one thing, that it's not a deer. It could be literally anything else, a teapot, a ham sandwich, who knows? But many eyewitness accounts of the monster have it floating around on the internet. A large portion of the reported not-deer sightings have taken place in the foothills of the Appalachian regions of Pennsylvania, Virginia, and North Carolina. However, many have reported encountering the not-deer in parts of the Appalachian Mountains. So, if you're anywhere on the East Coast, you might want to avoid walking through wooded areas at night to avoid the not-deer. So, now that we've established that the not deer is not a deer, let's talk about what it is. In contrast to many other cryptid stories out there, there is a description of the monster. And it's really thought to be more of a phenomena than an entity. Essentially, the phenomena is characterized by an encounter with something that appears to be a deer at first, 
but upon further inspection is actually something much more strange and creepy. People who claim to have seen the not-deer say that the beast may appear to be a deer at first until they realize that it is that it has front-facing eyes like a predator or that its legs bend in an unnatural way or its neck is misshapen. There's typically some sort of clue that tells you it's not a deer but instead that there's danger. In addition to these strange appearances, the not deer is also believed to behave strangely. While deer tend to instinctively avoid humans and run away, the not deer does not have those instincts. So, while most people today have probably heard of the not deer on Instagram or like Reddit or Tumblr or Quora, this legend may actually date back much farther than we think. In fact, some believe that these stories started with the Native American tribes that once inhabited these Appalachian regions. Some have suggested the not deer is just a modern name for what the Navajo would have called a skinwalker. In Navajo folklore, skinwalkers are practitioners of witchcraft who are able to shapeshift, transforming themselves into the form of a deer to carry out their nefarious deeds. So it's interesting. I'm not sure quite where we're at in um, our urban legends, but we will talk about the skinwalker if we haven't already. So others think that it's a Wendigo, which we talked about last year in October. So I guess that's the question. Is there an explanation? So many have accepted the idea that the not deer is a malevolent spiritual entity or some sort of phenomena that is maybe a little bit more logical, uh, that maybe it's a normal deer afflicted with chronic waste disease. People aren't sure, but it's definitely something that has taken social media by storm. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Thursday, October 5th. The waning gibbous moon moves from the social circles of Gemini to the warm home of Cancer today. Here, the sun squares Mercury and trines Saturn. We are ready to put in the work today, but are having trouble putting together a plan. The moon in Cancer wants us to do things instinctively, intuitively, but Mercury in Libra wants to think and plan and crowdsource. The trine to Saturn in Pisces says that if we trust our gut and allow things to develop as they will, we will get the most out of this day. Decide that you're going to have faith in yourself today. Wherever things lead you, wherever you feel called to go or feel called to do, that's where you should put your efforts today. Your daily moon mantra is, whatever comes, let it come. Whatever stays, let it stay. Whatever goes, let it go. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Hey there, fellow seekers of the extraordinary, ready to embrace the mystical and indulge in the darkly enchanting. Sue at Morgan's Crows has conjured up something truly magical just for you. Morgan's Crows is your one-stop portal to all things mystical, dark, and utterly captivating. Adorn yourself with exquisite witchcraft-themed jewelry, handcrafted to channel your inner witch. 
Unveil the secrets of the universe through over 30 available tarot readings. What does destiny have in store for you? Find out. And of course, Morrigan's Crows offers an array of sparkling crystals, each one holding the power to amplify your energy and awaken the arcane within. Who should check the shop out? Witches, mystics, and those who find beauty in the shadows. But they aren't stopping there. If you're drawn to the unconventional, the mysterious, and the gothic, they welcome you with open arms. Join the coven of passionate, like-minded souls who appreciate the finer things in life, like authentic craftsmanship and a dash of the occult. Your journey into the extraordinary begins at Morgan's Crows. Visit Morgan's Crows on Etsy or morganscrows.com. That's M-O-R-R-I-G-A-N-S crows.com today to unlock the mysteries that await. All right, witches, we are back with another urban legend, and we are talking about Polyviosh. So, Polyviosh is a fictitious 1981 arcade game that stemmed from an urban legend. So, the legend says that in 1981, when a new arcade game was pretty uncommon, a new game appeared in several suburbs of Portland, Oregon. So that's like the whole thing, right? Is that like getting a new game back then was like a big event, right? Like, because as we know, video games take a lot of work and effort to put into it. So like new games just popping up, especially arcade games, which tend to be very tried and true. Again, very uncommon. So a new arcade game just started appearing in several of the suburbs of Portland, Oregon. The game was so popular, according to Wikipedia, that it caused almost an addiction, with lines forming around the machines and often resulting in fights over who would play next. The machines were visited by Men in Black, who collected unknown data from the machines, allegedly testing responses to the game's psychoactive effects. Players supposedly suffered from a series of unpleasant side effects, including seizures, amnesia, insomnia, night terrors, and hallucinations. Approximately one month after its supposed release in 1981, Polyviosh is said to have disappeared without a trace. The company named in most accounts of the game is, uh, it's this very long German word, Sinolotion. The word is described by Brian Dunning as not quite German. <laughs> so it's a word that is considered outside the norms of German language, but is like, has a, but is kind of German. So, Basically, the word means sense delete or sensory deprivation. If it was real German vernacular, it would be uh, a completely different word. That would mean to extinguish or to delete. So the game has the same name as the classical Greek historian Polyvios, born in Arcadia and known for his assertion that historians should never report what they cannot verify through interviews and, and eyewitnesses. The first eye or the first online mention of Polyvios is a coinop.org article starting back in 1998, 
which extends the legend by claiming possession of the ROM image file from the 1981 arcade machine, claiming to have played it. And in May of 16, 2009, promising to bring updates pending an investigation flight to Kiev, Ukraine. So the first known printed mention of Polyvios exposing the legend to a mass market audience is in the September 2003 issue of GamePro. The feature story, Lies and Secrets, declared the game's existence to be inconclusive, helping to both spark curiosity and spread the story. So, the alleged original Polyvios game arcade arcade game is generally believed to have never existed and the lore is said to be a hoax snopes.com which categorizes urban legend conclude that the game is a modern day version of the 1980s rumors of men in black and this led to the hypothesis that the government was hosting some sort of experiment and sending subliminal messages to its players now this makes a lot of sense right So if we think about this sort of thing, so let's just kind of summarize this urban legend. The urban legend is that a arcade game that came out of nowhere called Polyvios came up out of absolutely nowhere and that it was so addictive that there were lines at the door and that the government was using it to collect data on its users. Now, um, it's also said that it created some sort of uh, hallucinogenic effect. Now, uh, this is really interesting because if we look at the time that this kind of sprung up, it, uh, what, 1980s? Well, the first mention of it, I think, is in the early 90s. But if it's saying that it was in the 80s, what do we think that's commenting on, right? And it kind of makes sense. Uh, This is when video games kind of started really getting maybe more popular having a video game system in the house was more popular and there is this fear right the parents have had since i can remember that video games are going to be addictive and kids are going to get obsessed with them and that it's going to create all these problems and seizures and all of this so it kind of is playing on that fear that parents have already had about video games which makes it feel legitimate right and then there's the fear of the government collecting data men in black which has always been kind of a fear especially coming out of the 70s uh so this all kind of makes sense and then the name polyvios who was a what a theologist or philosopher let me go look Okay, it was a classical Greek historian, Polyvios, and his whole thing was that you should never report on something that you have not actually seen. So it's almost kind of naming this game, Polyvios, whoever created the story, probably knowing that it's an urban legend or a hoax, just the name of the game is making fun of the people spreading the hoax, right? Very interesting. I, I like this one. This one. I I like ones like this that have very low risk and low low costs, I guess. You don't get a lot out of this. You know what I mean? But the joy of spreading lore, I guess. 
So internet writer Patrick Kellogg believes that players claiming to remember having played or seen Polyvios since the 1980s may actually be recalling a video game called Cube Quest. It was released in arcades in 1983. So again, that would have been a big deal as arcade games were like kind of new arcade games were kind of rare, which was a shooting ga- uh, game. So Kellogg describes its visuals as revolutionary and far ahead of its time. So it's likely something people would have remembered. He states that frequent breakdowns are typical of the game. So it was probably removed. So that's interesting. So this Polyvios is playing on an actual game that did show up. That would have been exciting. That did that was removed because it was faulty. So you, you can kind of see. And then if it was fixed a lot, kids would have seen men fussing with it, right? Uh, and, and that's really interesting because it is playing off real memories people have. Ben Silverman of Yahoo Games remarks, Unfortunately, there is no evidence that the game has ever existed. No less turned its users into babbling lunatics. Still, Polyvios was enjoyed cult-like status as a throwback of a more technologically paranoid era. Ripley's Believe It or Not calls Polyviosh the most dangerous game that never existed. Offbeat Oregon History says there remains a possibility, a tiny one, really too small to measure, that the legend is true. Very interesting. So yes, if I had to say, like, what do I think this is playing on or the fear of what it's playing on? I think it's multiple things. I think it plays on parents' fear of video games, especially at the time when video games would have been really, really popular. I also think it's playing on the uh, fear of the government, as well as this idea of um, fear of like hallucinogenics, you know, hallucinations, things like that, that would have been stemming from the like 70s era interesting yeah and why do i think we continue it what do i think we get by continuing it honestly i think it's just nostalgia uh we we like nostalgia and the idea again of this mysterious video game or arcade game is nostalgic and i think that's why it's continually being continually being uh, perpetuated very interesting all right which is We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I do want to give some shout outs. First listener, Catherine Loughran. Catherine, you starry-eyed spiffy sunfish. Cassidy Tennille, you thoughtful cunning spider queen. And Lex, you poetic wise leprechaun. Thank you three so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card pull. Our card is Magic from the Dark Magic Oracle. Magic says it's time to weave your spell on the world and let it experience your unique energies. Your inner powers are aligned with celestial energies and you are empowered to enchant everything you touch. If so, remember that your perceived reality is the key to how empowered you can be within it. So daily practice, which I think I, for, I forgot to do for tomorrow's episode. Daily practice, wear or carry amethyst to amplify your personal magic. Drink lemon balm tea with rosebuds to help radiate your energy. And look for opportunities to help others, even in small ways. All right, witches. 
that is all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we talk about today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Bye. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.